Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. And that sound is music to my ears. It has been a while, but uh, as we look out and see some nice 50-degree days, some sunshine going within it, that new wiffle ball field is looking awfully appealing. It is spring. Uh, the calendar says so as well. Sometimes the weather will disagree with us, but uh, we are less than two weeks away, 10 days away from uh, the start of the 2023 uh, baseball season games that count. Uh, and uh, just finishing up the excitement of the World Baseball Classic uh, that has uh, caught the full globe's attention uh, uh, for everything within and brought some excitement and some uh, things that we'll maybe uh, touch on here as we get started. Uh, but this is Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper, and welcome to the Heater Podcast, uh, which for the first one of the year is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all of your snacking needs for baseball games, movies of choice, and spring fun, come hungry, leave happy. It is also the new season for the popcorn wagon beginning this weekend yep there'll be there'll be new things throughout the year we're working on a website here actually the four of us are working on a website and but officially the wagon itself is opening this friday which is march 24th and then saturday march 25th and then march 31st and april 1st so the next friday and saturday 10 to 5 10 to 5 and then the following week, which would be April 7th, that's Good Friday. We're not going to open Good Friday. We will open on Saturday. So with the day between Good Friday and Easter, April 8th. And then after that, we will expand the hours out a little bit. Probably we'll definitely add Sunday and maybe we'll even add some more days in the middle of the week. So I have to check back there. And no new items yet this year. I am experimenting on a bacon flavor. I'm experimenting on that. But I cannot. Yeah, it's not ready bacon. to be rolled out yet. It's not ready to be rolled out yet. So once I get that down, I'll keep you updated to that too. A proud quality uh, control specialist over here, so I look forward to uh, that uh, opportunity uh, to help give the thumbs up on uh, another excellent product. But uh, we have the uh, uh, opportunity to get those, and uh, as mentioned, we'll uh, I'll be looking at uh, assisting with that uh, website where you don't have to be local anymore uh, to uh, get access to the goods. We will be having that uh, information as we move forward as well and get it uh, shortly after Easter into that spot of getting things going. So lots of excitement and the new things in the arsenal. Uh, this is the time of year when pitchers are adding in new pitches and uh, trying out different things. And uh, and, uh, and so we'll do the same thing from the, the popcorn side of things and look forward to another year uh, uh, with uh, that case kicking off as well. Uh, we are going to have two weeks of, uh, of previews. We'll take a look at the American League uh, in this podcast. Next one, we'll take a look at the National League, uh, and we'll break down by, by division, by team, and then give our predictions at the end of the podcast on how we think the season will go. So it is exciting to be at that spot. But before we dive into the American League, uh, we'll just briefly touch on the World Baseball Classic. What was uh, your overall uh, Im impression of this? I, I have to confess that I did not watch uh, more than a few innings, not because it wasn't uh, everything I was hearing was saying it was fantastic. Uh, I just didn't get a chance time-wise to be able to tune into it, and I feel like I missed out. 
Yeah, I watched quite a bit of it. Uh, I think I watched every American game, and then when it was the games would start early four in the morning in Japan when it was still group play, I'd get up. You know, it'd already be like the sixth, seventh inning, and then I'd watch the last couple innings. So I watched. I watched quite a bit of it. I watched I the championship. Awesome. I at least got to see last night's game. And you got a great game. I mean, the last like ever since they went into win and move on stage, they've been like banger after banger. They've been so good. Trey Turner scorching hot, carrying the U.S. to the finals there, but. The Japanese team is a buzzsaw, man. They're so good. What is it? We've had five of these World Baseball Classics. They've won three, and they have two runner-ups. That's a that's a pretty good result there. And the, yeah, they the do thing I well. wanted, I finally got to see. I wanted to see Otani versus Trout, and then it was the last at bat of the game, and it you, was. You so couldn't good. ask for more than that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, unless you were, uh, uh, all that does is make you a. Uh, uh, reaching for the the, the beer can for uh, if you're an Angels fan, saying how do we have these two guys and still struggle? Uh, we have two generational uh, uh, talents on the same team, not facing against each other, not each one helping to propel uh, to a champ- uh, championship in World Baseball Classic. But we have both of them and still can't make the playoffs. We'll see it in our in our preview here today if we're saying if that changes or not, uh, and what that leads to the uh, if that'll lead to the Otani sweepstakes uh, and that part of the, the process within it. But uh, did you get to see Roki Sasaki pitch at all for the Japanese team? Was uh, was he one of the guys last night, or was that not last night? He didn't pitch last. Night. He pitched the night before. Heard he, about it. He has like a hundred and two mile an hour fastball, like a ninety three mile. An hour. I think they said he's at least two years away because of his current contract, but. He's going to be the next. I know they have another hitter, Muna Takamurakami, I believe is how you say it, who's a star too. So they have they have three greats, but I think Roki Sasaki is going to be an ace. I think he's 21, and when you're throwing 102 already, mm-hmm. like that's a good sign that you're going to have something figured out here. So yeah, another good one. But Otani is Otani is a special player and someone that we have to value all the time. So there was there's arguments about uh, uh, the. The validity of this uh, of doing this or keeping doing this uh, uh, spot within it, and and someone got hurt within it. You get hurt in spring training too. I, I don't see any of the the arguments about like when you go and watch like the whole point is and and same thing for Rob Manfred. Get uh, understanding that people being excited about your sport is a good thing. Uh, so. Did you see the stadiums? Did you see how filled they were? Did you see the? This was like this is baseball's Olympics. That's what this is, uh, and it definitely felt that way. The vibe within it, the competition within it, the players got into it, the fans got into it. Uh, I don't see how this is anything uh, other than a win uh, for for baseball uh, fans for the sport. No, it it's definite win. Uh, I think I saw that ninety seven percent of TVs in Japan last night were tuned into the game. Like that is an absurd number that blows the Super Bowl out of the water. Now the two injuries, the big injuries were Edwin Diaz and Altuve. We'll talk about Altuve today with the Astros. But Edwin Diaz is, I mean, is such a freak injury, right? His team wins. He's jumping up and down, celebrating, and he tears his. I think it was the patella tendon, is what they ended up saying. Had to have the surgery. He's likely out for the year. Like you could just as easily do that walking up your stairs. The way that he – it wasn't like he threw a pitch and got injured, which, once again, if he did it, I mean, that happens too. Gavin Lux tore his shoulder up playing spring training in his outfit exactly. the year for the Dodgers. Like, you could get hurt at spring training. Like, it wasn't like Edwin Diaz was just going to be in a bubble wrap the whole time. The, so, it sucks. The only argument you can make is that you obviously ratchet up more to, like, these becoming more serious innings – uh, versus what spring training may be within. That's the only argument that I could hear from a pitcher standpoint of what I, what the challenge may be. But now we're, what, 10, uh, 10 days away from it. You're, you're finishing up within it. You'll do one one to two more tune-up starts. Uh, there you're going to keep the level going. Like I, It does add innings uh, in the era in which we are. 
but again, I still fully believe there's there's so much good to this, and also what it does for teams too. You have uh, minor league players getting more of a chance to shine in spring training too. When you need the roster spots within it, there's some people that are going to win uh, uh, battles on, on teams and make the major uh, and get their dream together for this because of the opportunity that this presented with it. It's an absolute win. If you didn't get a chance to do much with the World Baseball Classic this year, when it does come back around, put it on the calendar, and I'm going to do the same within it too uh, to watch more of those games because you just see the, uh, again, it. This again. the only other way I can say it is that baseball's version of the Olympics, and it, and it lived up to its billing in all sorts of different ways. Uh, for me, as, as a Rays fan, seeing different players uh, stepping up in spots within it, uh, uh, Mr. Big... Great. Big game oh, right, of Rose right. Arena. He loves the spotlight, uh, and uh, and and he loves uh, having fun with it too. Like that. That's what I can add to that excitement to it when we see players getting into it that way. And he is the most unusual uh, uh, country western boot wearing guy you will ever find within it. Very, very unique to his personality. Uh, but it was a blast for for all those things and seeing some different players step up uh, within that was a, was a lot of fun. Let's talk the AL East. Let's do it. So we'll dive into our, our American League preview. We'll go into the East Division first. Uh, Yankees last year. If you want to pull up the uh, like records from last year within it. Uh, uh, but uh, Yankees had this guy called Aaron Judge. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, had a, a record-setting year last year. Uh, led a lot of things uh, within that. There's questions on whether or not uh, and so close to signing to a different team, took a final phone call uh, in the wee hours of the morning to finally uh, keep the, the pinstripes there uh, to the tune of how much was that again? A uh, small contract, not that big a deal. The new one, the new one is 10 years, I believe. We are Nine years, $360 million. Not no, bad. Only a third of a billion, you know, that, that type of thing. But uh, uh, to, and he was the offense. I, I don't, I truly, if he didn't stay there, I don't know what the Yankees would have done. And they obviously realized it and ponied up more than they ever have before. Uh, but uh, looking at their offseason, uh, looking at what uh, it was, that's still only keeping what you had. Now, again, they had a, a good year last year uh, within it, won the division. Uh, but it didn't go pitching. Kind of let them down at the end of it. Uh, the offense only had a couple of guys, and then it, it uh, injuries played a, a part within it. How do their offseason additions give optimism in the Bronx this year? So they went ninety nine and sixty three last year, and yes, they found a way to keep both Judge and Rizzo. Which the offense should basically roll the same. They're going to get. It sounds like Anthony Volpe is going to break campus. Their shortstop, that's one of the more highly regarded prospects in the game, but. You lose Andrew Benatendi. Remember, there was a stretch of middle of the season where suddenly Andrew Matt Carpenter became Barry Bonds. He's gone too. But the big addition, I guess, beyond Aaron Judge, just keeping him, is they were able to keep they were able to sign Carlos Rodon, who was arguably the biggest pitching signing of the offseason. It was Carlos Rodon, but they also lost Jameson Tyone, who pitched pretty well for them, and they have injuries already. Rodon's already dealing with forearm problems. Sounds like he's gonna start the year on the IL. And Frankie Montas. Is out for the season. It sounds well. I guess there's some optimism that he could be back at the end. I don't have a whole lot of it. So we're back to dealing with. They have a lot of veterans. They've always tend to have veterans, right? Now Volpe's young, but a lot of these guys are injury prone. Well, now what does that rotation look like? Now you have uh, Garrett Cole obviously at the top, uh, but then your your two and three are gone, right? Because well, that, that was Severino. Right? Severino's back. Yep. Rever- if if you can keep Rodon healthy, he's three or two, three, however you want to 
put Severino and him together. And then it's Esther Cortez, who was good at Revelation last year. And then right now, as long as everything is injured, I think it'll probably be Clark Schmidt, who they, who's been around for a while, has prospect pedigree, has not really shown a whole lot. I think he's been amazing in spring training. If I'm like 15 strikeouts to two walks. People are excited so about him right now. It's not like a nobody starting rotation as it is. It's not like it's a terrible starting rotation, but it's not it's up got to question Yankee marks par. Too. Yeah. Uh, and then when you have, again, you lose two-fifths of a rotation, that's going to impact. Uh, very few teams have the depth to withstand that, especially when you're not talking your back uh, back end of the rotation. You're talking front end of the rotation. Uh, so there's going to be questions there. I think the – so there's injury issues that have always been the case, and that's what happens with a veteran team. So there's, there's questions there on doubling down on that. But – to me, the question that I wanted to ask you about the Yankees within it is this was the the, the year of the shortstop uh, as far as a lot of big-name guys uh, available uh, in the in the offseason. Uh, Yankees decided to go with uh, uh, with their, uh, their young prospect and, and go that route versus uh, a classic big-market team. I would have went and bought one and then maybe used him for a, uh, as a piece to go get another big-name player on the trade market. So... Uh, Wise decision or, or not? Uh, how much are you buying uh, a Volpe? Uh, also being able to handle the market, uh, but his talent within it to help them win now. Because this is always the hard part of watching a big market team rely on their uh, on their development, which is good and it helps with sustainability. It's all a good thing, but players need time to develop often, and then you don't have the luxury of developing at the major league level when you need wins now, not waiting for wins tomorrow. So. How does he help them with what their mindset is? They're trying to compete for a, a division championship, get back to the uh, playoffs and World Series berth. Can he help them with that this year? And do you buy the uh, going with the youngster versus going out to the free Asian market? It's weird to not see Trey Turner or Carlos Correa or some of the other players that did change teams. Not None of them were even released talked about that much with the Yankees for a change, which usually that's the team that you always bid off of, or at least for years it has been. Look, they have a ton of money invested in some players that are not they're not living up to their weight anymore. Josh Donaldson is massively overpaid. He should probably be he should probably be out. They should work in Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe. I think they'll be fine players. But like you said, you're also relying on them in a the most challenging market in, in America. It's still the most challenging. You could make the case that the Mets, but that's the same market, right? Like it's the same one. And so the problem is that they have all this money tied up in a few players. Like Josh Donaldson is not pulling his weight. Uh, DJ LeMahieu is, I, I think right now, is projected to not even start for them, which I'm, he'll play, right? He doesn't have to start every game. That's fine. But that's a lot of money that they have invested for a guy who's not going to play every day. It's it's a team that has flaws. It's, it's had flaws for a while. They they win games. They will win. I'm sure they will win plenty of games this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs. But it's not that it's certainly not a favorite to me in the American League. Do you think that uh, – so 99 wins last year. What, per, what percentage are you giving them to match? If you're uh, doing a percentage, what percentage are you giving them to match 99 wins? 20? 15 yeah. to 20, somewhere yeah. down in there. I, It's like a 90. If you told me they won 93, somewhere in there, I'd say it's like a 91 team. For yeah. sure. Like yeah, 91 is the floor, yeah. right? Yeah. I, think, I think that's, I, I'm comfortable saying that uh, uh, within it. 90 is the floor. Uh, and uh, but it doesn't seem like there's a, a larger ceiling. A lot of it get. depends on, on 
Carlos Rodon's arm. Like yes. a lot of it depends on Carlos Rodon's yes. forearm. Now forearms can turn into shoulder. He's had shoulder. That, that's why we doubted him. I don't know if we doubted him. I think we both picked him to win the Cy Young Award last year, and he was amazing. He's why I wouldn't invest long term dollars in but because of the, the injury history. Is, he's got injuries to that arm. When he pitches, he's going to be amazing. I don't doubt that he will be very good there. Now it's a smaller park than San Francisco, absolutely. So his ERA will jump naturally, just like Eric Coles does. But he'll be fine. But if you get 30 starts out of Carlos Rodon, can they win 95 plus? Yes. If you get 20 starts out of Carlos Rodon, it's probably an 88 to 92 win team, somewhere in there. So that's, that's where their team's at. And they don't have a lot of depth. That's where they're at. They traded a lot of it earlier. They lost their oldest Chapman. So I know they have Clay Holmes, but if Clay Holmes goes down, they've had uh, relief pitcher issues for a while. They tried to trade for, oh, the Cub guy last year. They traded for uh, Scott F. Ross, and then he got hurt right away and had Tommy John. So Thin, it's a thin roster is what I would describe it as. A top heavy yes. and thin depth. Uh, and, and that's not a, that works if you have health. Uh, and the players that we're talking about often, oftentimes uh, do not. So that's going to be the biggest part of the Yankees. We'll come back to them as far as a, a prediction uh, when we get going within it. But then uh, next up would be the Blue Jays won 92 and 70 last year. Toronto Blue Jays went 92 and 70 last year. And they... Maybe. Are they still, as you get ready to look at the uh, who they added, who they lost within it, uh, are they still on paper the best team in the American League? Because uh, on pa- I would say last year on paper they were. They're one of the they're they're the best team in the American League East for sure. Uh, the the Astros are always going to have a pretty good claim to that one too. But mm-hmm. they're one of the best teams, and I would say unlike the Yankees, who sure you can make the case they got maybe slightly better. I I do think for a team that was really good last year, you look at the additions of. Dalton Varshow, Chris Bassett, uh, Brandon Belt, like Kiermaier is not an offensive player, but do they really need a whole lot of offense? Like, I think they're better than they were last year. I know they lost to Oscar Hernandez, they lost Ross Stripling, they lost Loris Guriel, but I think it's a better team than it was last year, and it was already a really good team last year that had, remember, they had the highest projected win-loss if you were doing the, like, the run differential projected win-loss. I believe they were the top in that, even though they didn't end up winning the most games because their bullpen was kind of wonky at times. Uh, you have to think of which year you're thinking of to Oscar Hernandez because he's had some good years, but he wasn't always the. What were his numbers last year? Uh, he was. He seems to be one of those players. That when you think of his name, you think of it maybe better than what was, or it might be just my uh, misremembering. He played 131 games. He had 25 home runs, 77 RBIs, stole six bases, and hit 267. He's he's. Going to hit you roughly 30 home runs. Now he's going to Seattle, which is a huge hitter's park. Now how was... Uh, hitter's park, excuse me. So is Varsho essentially... Uh, uh, does that make it a wash? And Varsho's oh. a much better defender. Varsho was an that's, excellent that's defender. That's the difference. That's part of defensively, it. Defensively, is there? I'd say offensively, I'd They're say it's about... Similar. Very similar profile. So it's not a gain there, but you're gaining defense, and you're gaining defense with Kevin Kiermaier. Uh-huh. Uh, and if he's healthy, uh, Belt is a very good uh, defensive first baseman. Uh, can get Vlad Jr. off of first for a while to keep him healthy, too. And, and use DH as a rotating spot within it. That's what it becomes intriguing there. They've improved defensively, which is going to improve your pitching staff. Uh, and so I, I like I like that in their spacious outfield, that they have players who can, who can do that. Uh, Chris Bassett is an underrated pitcher to me as far as being available within it. Uh, I like what that's going to add uh, to that uh, rotation. 
remember last year when we're talking about the defense, Kevin Gaussman was the dead last in baseball in BABIP. Like Patrick Corbin had a lower BABIP than him. Now you put in a defense, you add in Dalton Varsho, who's a top-notch defender, and Kevin Kiermeyer to track balls down. Whit Merrifield is here for the full season now. Another ad. Remember they traded him for him in the middle. It's still one of the, if not the best offense in the game, at least in the American League. And now that pitching rotation is still really good. Manoa, Gaussman, Barrios, if you, whatever you get out of him, Bassett's rock solid. And then that fifth spot, Kikuchi and Hyunjin Ryu should be back this year. Now, who knows what you're getting out of him? It's been a year and a half, but you know, if he's 80%. You're only, you're only banking on a number five starter mm-hmm. uh, versus like the Yankees trying to bank on someone being a number two or number three with their injuries. So I, that's the difference there. They're four deep. Uh, and guys who'd feel comfortable taking the uh, the ball every fifth day. Uh, and I think that's a, a big part. Uh, uh, but this is a team that has struggled to make the results on paper match the results in the box score. Does how they're constructed now. And it was like, so first, Kevin Gaussman, you can say with BABIP issues, you solve that with better defense uh, and luck, right? So some is just, just luck within it, uh, but then better defense is one of the ways to, to do that. So in theory, he should improve. Uh, uh, Chris Bassett is a great fit for this. Uh, within, if, I'm, if I'm right, Bassett is also a fly ball pitcher, if I'm, remem- if I'm remembering everything right. And then you added better outfield defense to do that. So I, it, you're putting strengths with, with, uh, uh, with strengths to do that. Is this the year that the team on paper actually becomes the team that you see uh, when the final out is done uh, in the uh, in the games? I'm still going to pick them to win it. I'll tell you right now, spoiler alert for the predictions later on, I will pick them. I believe I picked them the last year to win the American League East, and they did not. I'll pick them again. I think that they are the team to beat in the American League East here. They have a lot of offense. They have a now they've added defense. We've talked about the defense maybe not being there, and you have the pitching. And unlike the Yankees, where it is a ridiculously top heavy team, this is not top heavy. This is a nope. very deep roster that if they do have injuries, like Santiago Espinal was an all star last year, he's coming off the bench for him this year. Their catcher, they had so much catcher depth that they traded one, and that's all they got Dalton Varsho. So they have depth at a lot of positions. I think this team is built for a long haul this year. I would say of all the teams in the American League East, going back to what I said before, percentage uh, opportunity to make it to uh, 95 plus wins, 99 wins, uh, and that this would be the team that have the, the, the greatest percentage to do it. I would agree uh, with that. And as far as normal when we're talking about volatility, I'm seeing less reason for this team to be as volatile. Uh, now, a, a question is, are they still the American League version of the New York Mets that somehow find a way uh, to uh, still end up with like 88 to 92 wins. That's the question, but I, I'm getting harder to see it. I don't see flaws in the offense. Uh, I don't see flaws in, in the starting pitching. Uh, their bullpen is solid. It's, it's not like there's, there's no like Philadelphia uh, Phillies level of things within it. So they have every piece that they want. They add a defense. Uh, they don't need to be... By adding defense, sometimes you're subtracting offense, so you're going to do that with, with Kiermaier. You're going to, uh, depending upon Belt's health, uh, is going to be a question there. Uh, but still, there's seven strong out, out of a night, and the others are at least passable uh, within. Like, you can't ask for more than that on a, on a competitive team. So uh, even what they did to subtract to make uh, gains elsewhere, the rest of the offense should carry that without there even being a blip of concern. Yeah, this is a team that has the highest ceiling uh, in the American League East, and I would say highest ceiling in the American League, period. 
Yeah, it's one of them for sure. The The other thing that the team had last year was an extremely right-handed team. And so then Dalton Varsho is a lefty. Brandon Belt is a lefty, and Kevin Kiermeyer is left-handed. That was the other thing. Yes. It was extremely right-handed. Excellent point. And now they actually have – it's still you know six out of nine are right-handed, but that's pretty – You'd take that, right? Like that's pretty balanced if you have. Three but you lefties. added a key left-handed bat yeah. and Varsho, I mean, and yeah. and Belt can be uh, when he was healthy. Again, it's always the key with a guy at his age, but he was in the top ten and WRC like, plus like, uh, versus right-handed pitching. Hard. So like that's the guy when you're trying. If this was a weakness, you know, added a guy who in for his career has been one of the top hitters versus right-handed pitching. Like, that's what you're trying to do. Varsho uh, does the same. Uh, so. And the other guys you have are, are platoon neutral, even if they're right-handed. So it isn't if we're saying that they're bad versus right-handed pitching uh, within it. So you just, again, they went about their needs and they filled them on paper. And so now we just have to see if it gets there. But third on the uh, American League uh, uh, East, we go to the, the Tampa Bay Rays. Do you remember their record? Uh, at 89. I was frustrated, right? Or is it 88? Uh, which 86 one? 86 and 76. Oh, man, it's still a couple off. Okay. I, I, I'm... Uh, I'm absolutely spoiled with uh, with that, and expectations are uh, I'm disappointed whenever there's not a 90-win season. That's that's my barometer as a Rays there fan. Uh, and uh, they have done that well uh, throughout the last 10 years uh, within it. And so that's still where I would like them to be, and my at least prediction as of now, I see them as a 90-win team. Uh, they went, uh, this was a team that uh, I'm kind of jumping in with my, my spot within it, but the uh, pitching was there. Uh, they battled some injuries. Uh, obviously, wish you had Tyler Glass now for a, a full season. When he came back and w- was solid for the, the postseason uh, uh, within it. Uh, but uh, Wander Franco, only half a year. Uh, Brandon Lau dealt with back issues. Uh, the offense wasn't uh, definitely took a step back from the previous year. Uh, and you lost two one one to nothing games to the Cleveland Indians in frustrating fashion. Guardians, how dare uh, you? Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm still with the. Uh, uh, I'm watching. Uh, still watching the movie Major League and going back with uh, Bob Uecker and the, and that role. But uh, the offense was the problem, and the question becomes for them: Is it just health? Brandon Lau's healthy. Wander Franco's had a good offseason. He, he's healthy. Uh, those guys are the biggest two that you're counting on in that offense within it. Uh, Randy Rosarina for a full season. The new baseball rules will help him. He's one of the guys that if you were asking who would be your best like 30-30 type of candidates within it, he would be on that list uh, uh, for that. Uh, there's going to be questions uh, in some ways, but I, I like uh, Josh Lowe. <laughs> I say we have Brandon Lau, Josh Lowe, so you got to get the right uh, pronunciation for each of those guys. But... Uh, what they struggled with last year was guys in their first year that didn't all all didn't develop the way, and, and that's the problem we're talking about, like with Volpe, right? One of the questions with the young guys is they're not always ready to hit the ground running within it. A lot of the Rays uh, first time guys uh, hit that uh, spot, they weren't weren't ready yet. Uh, Josh Lowe had a uh, you can see he's more relaxed, comfortable spring training. He made some changes to his swing, like his uh, brother Nate in Texas. Uh, who had a wonderful year last year within it and was part of a, a change within it, went to the same uh, same hitting coach or same uh, offseason thing within it, and it, so far, so good. Uh, health is going to be the key uh, for this team, but they also went and did something unusual, and they went and, uh, to the free agent market and bought a starting pitcher. Uh, that's not uh, the norm for them. and uh, Biggest contract ever, right? Biggest contract for, for them. Uh, uh, three years, $40 million, I think is what it was. Uh, Zach Eflin. Uh, who was used in a uh, 
swing role essentially with the 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 Phillies within it. Rays like the stuff. It was like second. Uh, and. Uh, some health issues uh, overall uh, within it, but nothing too major. Uh, but they think he's going to be there. Some guys are looking very good in spring training. From Jeff Springs uh, is uh, his K to, to walk uh, ratio uh, is he's looking like he could be no uh, not just a, a great find as a mid rotation guy, but he's looking to have a higher ceiling uh, with what he's showing right now. Obviously, if you want to know how much the Rays believe in that, they already signed him to a long-term contract extension in the offseason. That's usually a foreboding uh, uh, reason to, to buy in fantasy. If you're seeing a team like that investing in him, you can pretty much count on it. I traded Javier Baez for him in a dynasty league. As you know, I don't <laughs> like Javier Baez anyways, so I was I was all in I, on I that think one. I think you're winning that and then some. Okay, I got some questions, though. Let's do it. So, yes, they did bring in Zach Eflin. Now, the big news is... Shane Boz isn't here, right? Not not around, yep. likely all season. And Tyler Glasnow is already dealing with an injury, which is not encouraging. Uh, we know Oblique. he has injury concerns now. I'm just not glad it's arm. not the arm. I'm it's just glad it's arm. not the arm. It means you overtrained. Whenever all the oblique stuff that you're hearing within you're, it, it you means you did your buddy has a, an oblique injury. Juan Soto has an oblique right now. I'm not, I would not <laughs> uh, touch him with a ten foot pole, anyways, in fantasy. So, uh, so uh, I, look, they still have pitching depth. It it does not help though that you're going in without. Tyler Glass now. Now, May, hopefully there. And they have an ex- – so there's another one. They also Brandon, – getting Brandon Lau healthy and Wander Franco is big because otherwise they have an extremely right-handed lineup too. A very right-handed lineup. Now, Wander switch hits, right? He switch hits, and Lau is the only lefty, I think, that's in their lineup. So they also have a very right-handed lineup. That's a question that I have. They are banking on Josh Lowe, Lowe being the uh, – one of the answers to that. Uh, and – they are right as of now high on Luke Rayleigh. Uh, th- that's an un, uh, nice. a name that you're not necessarily nice. going to uh, grab within it, it, but they they like the the swing changes that were done there, kind of like a low uh, low batting average uh, home run pop within it. Could he hit like their what their uh, ceiling would be? What they would love to see is a, like a two forty batting average and twenty five to thirty home runs, uh, and, and they yeah. would take that. So that's what they're looking to do now, but. The, the biggest answer to that question uh, is more in not what's there now, but in what's on the way. Curtis Mead is one of the top hitting prospects that's ready to uh, uh, make his way into a major league roster. Uh, there was talk of potential contract extension where he might break camp right away within it. That hasn't happened at this point, but I would expect by June he's playing a, a major role and he can play from third, second, first, kind of shifting around uh, within it, some DH stuff too when they want uh, want to do that. Kyle Manzardo had a fantastic spring training. Uh, it was already announced he is going to begin the year in AAA. Uh, so not in AA, in AAA as far as, uh, which means you're only a uh, cup of coffee away uh, from the majors. Like by September call-up uh, would be the, the role for someone like that, depending upon injuries within it. Curtis Mead will get the shot before he does. But those two guys are, and if you Across the board, whether you're talking baseball prospectus, baseball America, uh, MLB.com's prospects uh, within it, uh, uh, Kyle McDaniel and ESPN, and uh, all these guys within it, none of them have a, have a well, let's put it, I want to make sure you say it the way I'm trying to say it here. All are speaking in superlatives to Curtis Mead. Uh, all are Australian. now see, uh, seeing the. Uh, sweet swing uh, of Kyle Manzardo as far as uh, the question is going to be how much power ceiling, but in spring training he was showing more of that uh, where that uh, that might have more of a possibility which would unlock him that much further. But those are the key guys that are going to assist at some point. Uh, so if Josh Lowe uh, and uh, Luke Rayleigh 
falter. Uh, Curtis Mead is only a phone call, uh, phone call away, and people believe in his bat is MLB ready right now. Once again, year one guys, they're not always ready to jump in right away. So that's the question within it. But the biggest thing for them right now is Wander Franco and Brandon Lau uh, are the guys that... Uh, Brandon Lau finished the top 10 MVP voting uh, in his last healthy season. Right, so you have that there. Wander Franco was considered and still considered already a top ten player overall in Major League Baseball, but we haven't seen those results yet uh, after a half season rookie season within it. If he comes and back that way to be what what he's expected to be, uh, it's it's amazing how quickly uh, the shine wears off and, and various things within it. Is what have you done for me lately, league across the board? Uh, but that's where their ceiling is in those two guys. You have two potential superstars there. That's what you need them to be. Uh, they can't afford the depth that other teams can. So the guys that you do have in lockup, you need them to be exactly what you're paying them to be. Here's the surprising thing about Brandon Lau is the concerns that when we first started doing this podcast was always the strikeout rate. And then he's cut that, and I was just checking to see, did it jump back up? It was actually a career low last year, and it just didn't. You know, he had injuries, but 22%, that's, you'll take that all day, every day. So, yeah, maybe he gets the bounce back there. It'll be a good team. You said 90 wins. That's probably about right. They they find a way to win 90 games. I don't think I'd take them to win 99, but I think in the 90s somewhere is probably doable. I, I'm a lot, Once again, I'm, a lot I'm, of theirs depends on Tyler Glass now, just like the Carlos Rodon with the Yankees. A lot of theirs depends on Tyler Glass now being healthy. And you have... Uh, to me, I'm less concerned about Glass now as I am just making sure that Shane McClanahan is has no uh, that that shoulder was His barking shoulder at the end of last year, too, yep. uh, and so that's that's where the ceiling changes to me. Tyler, like you're gonna get a hundred a hundred uh, elite innings out of him, uh, and save him as much as you can with it. I would love to see him healthy for a full year by all means. That's fantastic. I, I'm not uh, banking on it, uh, but the Shane McClanahan is the difference within it because then you have. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, you have uh, Jeff Springs that we talked about, Zach Eflin. Uh, this is on paper, uh, if you can count, uh, Tyler Glass now is part of that. Uh, that starting five is in the top three in the American League uh, within it. That's a uh, They have not had this good of a rotation since their days of David Price, James Shields, Matt Garza uh, within that anchored and threw like seven innings apiece, 200 innings out of all of them. They had a rotation that did 1,000 innings. Uh, uh, within the, which is one of the last times that you've seen that happen as, as baseball has changed in the last 10 years since. Uh, I put their ceiling cap at 95, and I think that I, I like what they've done. Their bullpen is nasty. Uh, the defense is always good. Uh, so I'm very intrigued by this team. I think we do have a true three-team uh, race for the division uh, within it. But but do you but good. do you, but do you think it's a four team? Let's let's make that the segue. This fourth team is pretty good. Now this is surprisingly not where Boston finished. Boston is usually the team that's thought of here, but this is where Baltimore finished last year. Last year Baltimore was eighty three and seventy nine, so slightly above five hundred, which for one of the if not the youngest team in the game is pretty impressive. They didn't have any major losses. Jordan Lyles wasn't a major loss. They did sign a couple of sign and trade for a couple of new pitchers, Cole Irvin and Kyle Gibson. And then it's always, this has been for the last couple of years, this is the year that we've always been saying, watch out for Baltimore. Now we're here. Gunnar Henderson is going to be up all year. D.L. Hall, Grayson Rodriguez should be healthy. We saw him for a few starts. Colton Kowser, who knows how many more of these guys they call up. Jordan Westberg, I can name more. Connor Norby. They have tons of prospects. They had a pretty good team last year. It was above 500. Now you just supplement it to the offense you already have. Anthony Santander just put together a very nice World Baseball Classic. I believe he was on the Venezuelan team. 
So with all of that, we know that the uh, they still have Adley Rutschman and Cedric Mullins. We know that the outfield was moved out last year. It did not help the offense. It helped the pitching. Now, I guess my question is, does all these young hitters that come up, does the outfield work against them enough? Can they score enough runs to support this team in a very good American League East? That's the question. You know, they have, uh, as far as uh, ceiling, uh, this is one of the highest ceiling teams, it just, just in terms of just upside, maybe not ceiling, but upside uh, uh, within it. The They're going to be exciting to watch. Uh, all the players that have... Uh, They've amassed this farm system. Now they're at the major league level and full year. There's nothing to hold any of them back. Uh, we're going to see uh, uh, see that uh, on full display for 162 games, and that's the exciting part uh, uh, within it. Uh, Kyle Gibson is a little underrated to me as far as uh, he was tinkering with a, a different pitch, and there was early early results from that were, were showing positive, and that was from the offseason uh, more so than just from spring training itself. I didn't get a chance to see the spring training numbers uh, for him in, in that regard, but uh, for a – their problem has always been like their pitchers were not only – there's good, there's average, there's bad, there's poor, there's dumpster fire, and then there's the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, that's what it has been – in past, like when, when saying like Jordan Lyles isn't exactly a loss, uh, but that for them is a key player at, at that time. Now, DL Hall, some of these guys are now starting to come up where it's a different level. Kyle Gibson and Cole Irving, these are at least sound like average pitchers. That is a massive win for what it has been, where they're closer to putting out five pitchers that are at least like league average level. Yeah, and I, I think that's what I would say. I think you have. You're shooting. You're hoping that Grayson Rodriguez becomes a star, right? That's that's what you're hoping for. Grayson Rodriguez becomes your first ace you've had in a while. You get John Means back, hopefully, in the middle of the season. We saw him starting to have a very nice turn, and then I think it's Tommy John or was it Flex or Ten? I don't remember which one it was, but something bad. Hopefully, middle of the season. But yeah, Kyle Gibson, Cole Irvin, Kyle Bradish did some nice things at the end of the year last year. You hope you get just average production, and like we said they kind of built their park around just having average pitching and. You hope that the offense hits, and I think it could. Like, I think that there is some really impressive young talent on this offense. Ryan Mountcastle, I'm a huge fan of. Adley Rutschman's going to be the best catcher in baseball for. I was going to say he's already like, considered a top five catcher right now. Like uh, people for what they're like, projecting him to be already this year, and that's uh, uh, for it's not as much of a dearth of of catching talent uh, as there has been and maybe in years past. Uh, so putting him in top five is quite the. Uh, not quite the accolade uh, early on in his career. And I think he can do it. Should we go to the last one? Or do you have something else to say about Baltimore? No, that's it. I I don't see them surpassing the top three. Uh, I, I, but, but they will What's be competitive. What's your over-under number for wins? 83 eight, last year? 85. 85? Uh, that's, that's where I'd want to see them. Because you're going to have to deal with the... Uh, Guys getting their feet wet within it. You're going to deal with the challenges. There's always going to be an unexpected injury within it. This is a team that doesn't have a lot of depth as well, so if someone goes down, it's going to hurt them uh, in a very competitive uh, division. Uh, so with that being said, I, I put them at 85, and the onus then goes back onto very weird ownership group uh, from some of the stuff in the offseason uh, within that. Very cheap ownership group. Uh, as it, as it stands right now, uh, Angelo's son uh, is the one there. There's some court issues going on with stuff there too, or, or is, uh, has been in the past. There's things that are hanging over uh, when you have one of the longest, well-respected baseball writers uh, uh, throughout uh, uh, MLB coverage uh, getting uh, 
treated very weirdly by the, the owner within it. It was raising red flags. They need to spend. Uh, if they don't, like, all, all they would have to do in this uh, next offseason, two starting pitchers. And at least like one at a or one at a very top level, like a Carlos Rodon type level. That's what you need to add to your young pitching within it, and then this team can compete fully for uh, for playoffs within it. They are close, but ownership cannot be this weird dysfunctional thing that is acting as right now. They're going to have to spend. Let's go to Boston. Let's do it. Boston last year seventy eight and eighty four. Disappointing year if you're a Red Sox fan. Now they went out and they did bring in players. You know, Corey Kluber went stayed within division, but. Justin Turner, pretty big name, been a very good player for a long time for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And then Kenley Jansen was the best closer, I think, on the market, unless I'm forgetting somebody. And then they decided to add power into their outfield, Adam Duvall, and Masataka Yoshida was awesome in the World Baseball Classic. I think he had three, four home runs. He's going to be a Red Sox. And then injured Alberto Mondesi is already hurt. But they did lose, you know, they lost Tommy Pham, they lost Xander Bogarts, and they lost J.D. Martinez, among others. They had other losses in there. It's a revamped offense, and Trevor's story is already hurt. Looks like he's missing a substantial portion of the season. And let me just quickly read you the current pitching staff of the Boston Red Sox, because it has been the thing that we've talked about for years. Now, lots of upside. It is currently Corey Kluber, not exactly a beacon of health. Chris Sale, remember he got injured riding a bicycle last year. I love Chris Sale. Nick Pavetta, Tanner Houck, and Cutter Crawford. That's worse, like... Chris Sale is the best pitcher between Baltimore and Boston when he pitches. But would you take Was. Boston's or Baltimore's? Uh, Baltimore's, uh, because uh, Chris Sale has to now prove that he is that it wasn't. He was one of the best left-handers in the game. We haven't seen that in what at least three years. Uh, like we're not not one year, not like it's been a, a long enough where you, you can't say anything for for him at, at all at this point. Uh, need to actually see it. He is through five innings last year, 42 the year before that, and we did not see him in 2020, the shortened season. So the last time he pitched over 100, and he pitched 147 innings in 2019. So that is three years ago. And and that's that's the concern, uh, is where where is his arm now? I know where it was three years ago, and I would want him on my team absolutely within it. Uh, now, is he uh, just an albatross contract uh, that's there that, uh, that would be... Uh, fitting of being a member of the Washington Nationals. Like, that's, that's what, what level is Chris Sale now? I, uh, and uh, now I think his stuff should still be better than Patrick Corbin uh, from that type of example. But uh, to his credit, Patrick Corbin at least pitches. Uh, Chris Sale hasn't done it in three years. They still have James Paxton, too. I didn't even realize that. James Paxton. He's still still lurking around, collecting paychecks. Love it. Uh, this is, like, when I mentioned quirky ownership and needing to spend uh, within it, that uh, that does match Boston. Now they have, I like what they've done offensively. I think they got they got raked over the coals unfairly uh, for like for their offseason ads. Like offensively, makes sense uh, if uh, if they're right for their international signing within it. And he had a great uh, uh, World Baseball Classic showing. Uh, that will add to it. The uh, uh, there's promise there that would fit. In. He's the guy who can play pepper with that. Uh, uh, Green Monster, uh, Green Monster and, and really do well within it. J.D. Martinez isn't as much of a loss anymore. Uh, his age, his second half of the year so definitely showed that. Justin Turner uh, could be the easy replacement for him uh, uh, to do that. So I like their offense, but they also lost Andrew Bogarts. Trevor Story is not going to be there with them. I, 
it's an, I like their offense too. I like what they did too. I like the Adam Duvall signing. I've always been a big Adam Duvall guy. I think yeah, he's especially good. healthy. He he was injured most of last year with them. So if he's healthy, gonna that's a thirty home guy. Play first base. It sounds like he had a nice debut last year at the end of the year. I think that there's there's not the big splashy names that they usually have, but it doesn't mean that they're worse offensively. Like I could see them being arguably just as good offensively, and that's where they're strong. But it's still going to come down to the fact that this team has. Re- ridiculously thin pitching depth, uh, unbelievably thin pitching depth. And it's been the problem for years. Now they did, they had a terrible bullpen and bad starting pitching. The Kenley Jansen, I didn't mention, but Chris Martin got signed from the Dodgers. I think they made a trade for Richard Blyer. Like they, they did do some moves as far as pitching the bullpen is concerned. 80 win team. That's that's, I was going to say 81, right? You're, you're right at 500. So you're still below 500. Ah, the, the with, advantage with, they're going to have this year game is or two either way. the advantage yeah, game or two, is that you don't play – now it's not the – what do they call it? The, they have a balanced schedule, right? So you don't play the American League East as much. Maybe they can beat up on some well, – AL Central is going to be like a substantially worse division than the American League East when we talk about them here, so that might help them. But, yeah, it's a, it's a right around 500 team, I think. Should we go to the AL Central? Let's do it. How about we start from the top again? The team that you mentioned earlier, even though you had their name wrong, the Cleveland Guardians – 92-70 and 70 last year, making the playoffs. I think they're still the youngest team. They had a big ad. We both wanted yes, Josh Bell did. to come to our team. He went to their team. Uh, Mike Zanino actually came in and filled in a catch. Not a big major losses. And this is exactly what we wanted them to do, right? We said, you have a team that's built around on-base machines, and can you add one slugger to the middle of it? We kind of thought maybe it would be J.D. Martinez. They went out and they added Josh Bell, who is actually pretty good in the on-base department in his own right. And now you have two switch you don't need, hitters. You don't in the need him to be uh, a thirty homer guy, although he's capable. But you never know where that power is going to come in and not. But that's not what they need for him to be effective there. And he's going to have lineup protection. Uh, and, and you know they, I liked their young uh, offense last year that showed growth. Uh, they already have one of the hardest to get out uh, leadoff hitters in the game. You already have a top five overall player uh, in, in the game uh, within it. You added Josh Bell to that, to a team that's built on pitching uh, and pitching and a little more pitching. Uh, I love the ad. They didn't, ha- they didn't have to do a lot, but they did uh, the right moves uh, to improve uh, the, the offense and allow their young talent uh, to continue to, to grow uh, and come together. I, I, I love this team uh, within it. I think that they are going to be overlooked because they it, they play boring baseball, but they play winning baseball. Sure. Uh, and I, I like uh, uh, when it comes to their record is going to be good at the end of the year, and they will be a legitimate contender for the World Series. They also have probably the best. You mentioned your team has a really good one. This is the other team that has one of the best bullpens in the game. Emmanuel Classe is a dominant closer. Karen Jack figured it out. Even Trevor Steffen is really, really good. So they have one of the best bullpens. Their, their thing is they don't have hardly any lefty pitchers, right? That's Bieber's right-handed, McKenzie's right-handed, Cal Quantrill's right-handed, uh, Zach Plesak is right-handed, and I think Savale's right-handed too. So you have five starters that are all right-handed. You need you need a lefty. I don't remember how many. I know they have a bunch of prospects that are people rave about how good their pitching prospects are. I do not know how, if they're left-handed or not. But, yeah, it's, it's probably some – Baseball, people who are purists will love watching this team play because they play a fun game, but people who like watch watching the home run will probably not enjoy this team. So for me and you, yeah, this is probably one of my favorite teams in the American League. And I think, I mean, if you set the number at 90 for this team, I might take the over on that. I would take the over on that. And I think that's a good a good number to do because it's, 
uh, remember their division and who they're who else they're they're playing within it. And uh, uh, some of these teams will suffer from uh, having to play more like the American League East. Uh, so that's going to impact in, in some ways too. But they do still have the the, the rest of the Central that they're uh, playing uh, at the same time. And I I like what they're doing. Uh, and t- to me, this is one of those teams versus we talked about the Yankees. We talked about uh, other teams that didn't have uh, pitching depth. They could lose any one of these five, any one of them. And I would not say does not change their ceiling because mm-hmm. they will plug and play someone else in there who will be more than capable at, at the same time. There's, I don't even know if I would say the same thing comfort level with the race, pretty close to that, but, but Cleveland more so. Uh, and, and so that's kind of the, uh, like, that's the level of pitching that, that they have that's uh, 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 the envy of everyone else. Yeah. Cleveland has the deepest farm system right now in the game. That changes. We've talked about the Dodgers having it right now. Right now, I think Cleveland probably has the most. They may not have, like, the most ridiculous high-end players, but they have I mean, they have high-end players, too. Like, I know people talk about Bo Naylor. That's Josh Naylor's brother, who's a catching prospect. But And they're not afraid, like, I remember a few years ago when they traded Francisco Lindor and they just got talked about another team that got raved over the coals for well, what are they doing here? And maybe they know what they're doing. Like they, they, they did really that trade do right. know what they're doing. They did that trade right and no one trade, gave them a credit at the time. And now they have this in, insanely deep system that is built to win games. Like you said, you, you lose one of these guys, it's going to stink, but they can, like, Cal Quantrill goes down for two months. I don't have a whole lot of doubt that they can't replace that production somewhere else and they will do it. And yeah, this is... This is the team that I feel most confident wins their division in the game right here because the rest of the American League still yeah. kind of stinks, and the Cleveland Guardians are really good. This this should be the the, the bankable one uh, right here, which is always the scary thing, uh, <laughs> and, and just how things go uh, with with the bounces being what they what they be. Uh, but I, I would be confident, the most confident in this team of any of the divisions within it of uh, of, of leading that division and it not being close. Right, like this this one should not. It's not if we're saying we believe they'll win it. But it also shouldn't be close. Wasn't close last year. Let's go to number two. Let's do it. The disappointing team of all disappointing teams last year, the Chicago White Sox, have a new manager. That's the big starting point. They have a new manager. It is no longer Tony Larusa. Last year, they went to a dead even, 81-81. and 81. And I remember talking to you, and we said, this team on paper is not all that different from Houston. And that was a big difference because Houston won the World Series, and this team did not make the playoffs. They added Andrew Benatendi. We mentioned him. They added Mike Clevenger, who had some off-field at Legal things come up, but apparently is back and playing. They did lose Jose Abreu. That's a very big loss. He's a former MVP winner. Uh, Johnny Cueto won a ton of games for them last year. Um, more competent manager in Pedro, I believe it's Griffal is how they say it, uh, should help. And then I guess the question is, can they stay healthy? Because how many times does Luis Robert miss time? Tim Anderson has missed time. Eloy Jimenez playing the outfield for some reason misses time. And you know, Yohan Makata is already hurt. Uh, Liam, Hodge, Liam Hendricks has Hodgkin's lymphoma right now. Like, good best wishes, man. Get better. But this team always seems to have just weird injuries pop up and not reach their ceiling. Another team that disappoints year after year, it seems like, for us. Yeah, this is a – there's there's talented players there, but not talented team. Right? And there's, there's no cohesion uh, to it. And then you lost one of your – more common sense veteran presences and, and Jose Abreu. Uh, he was not a, uh, just an, a no nonsense, play the game, do it well. Uh, and now I, in some ways uh, it is addition by subtraction, not in anything with Abreu, but Andrew Vaughn is not an outfielder. 
He at least moves I'm into. I'm excited to see Andrew Vaughn without Tony Larusa to hold him down. I am re- and finally and playing first, where and he's just supposed go. to be playing. Yep. I am ready to see Andrew Vaughn. I'm expecting a big he's, season out of he's him. He's going to take a jump. Uh, Tim Anderson being healthy is key. Uh, a spark plug, the, the engine that makes that team go. Just listen to the lineup. This is roster resource has it. Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Andrew Benatendi, Eloy Jimenez, Yuan Makata, Andrew Vaughn, Yasmani Grandal, Oscar Colas, Elvis Andrews. Like, it's still a very good lineup. But another one, Health. this is a very thin lineup. Like, if they would play, if you tell me you get 140 games out of those guys, I mean, you're probably going to win 90 that, games. That offense could surprise. You get 140, if you do get 140 games out of all the players listed there within it, uh, that offense will surprise, and this team uh, uh, has the uh, probably the the best opportunity to meet its ceiling uh, just by just by playing, just by playing. If if they're there and healthy, that will be there. Of the six seven teams and six or seven teams we've talked about, would you say this is like the most high variance team? Like you can see lots of wins, but you can see lots of losses because that's what I, I can think see wins in the seventies. I can see wins in the nineties. And like a team like Cleveland that we just talked about, it's really hard for me to sit here and say they're not winning 85 games. Like, I, yeah. if everything goes wrong, I still think they win 85 games. Whereas if everything goes wrong here, this is this is like blow it up again because what's going on here? We're just kind of stuck in the middle. Now, pitching-wise, another one, all righties. Cease, amazing, but he walks too many guys. If he can cut down on the walks, he will, he will win his Cy Young. He almost got it last year. Uh, Lance Lynn is old, but he's still very good. And then... Where are we at at Lucas Giolito? Are we still in? It, he's been amazing. It's a, let's hear. Here's his career. Awful, awful, awful. Amazing, 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 awful. I believe it. Unless I missed an extra year Is there. Is there a better pitcher that represents their team <laughs> uh, and, and how their team acts than him? So here's this. Here's the prediction for the, the, uh, for the White Sox. Whatever Lucas Giolito's numbers are, that's what this team will be. Like if he has a good year, then you're at 90-95 wins. I'll put my prediction completely on him uh, for that. I like it. Let us go on to the number three would be the Minnesota Twins. The Twins last year were, no, they were not, 78 and 84. Now, they made a lot of moves this offseason, the biggest one being that they did not lose Carlos Correa. When they thought they did lose Carlos Correa, they were able to keep him. They added Joey Gallo. They added Christian Vasquez. They added Pablo Lopez. They were the one who actually finally convinced the Miami to trade a pitcher. And big losses. I don't know if some of these are necessarily big. The biggest loss is Luis Arise and won the batting title. That was what they had to give up to get Pablo Lopez. But Gio Rochella was a starter. Gary Sanchez was a starter. Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, some of those guys have been hurt anyways. Here's where I'm at with this team, and I think it's the same spot where we've kind of been with this team before is another team. A lot of it depends on their pitching. And I kind of like where their pitching is for the first time in a while, especially if Kenta Maeda is healthy. I like Pablo. I like getting Pablo Lopez. Another one, I think his arm, his arm and Carlos Rodon's arm were always kind of tied together to me because I was always worried about it. Now his arm feels better than Carlos Rodon's at this point. Sonny Gray's perfectly fine. Joe Ryan, I'm, I expect perfectly fine. I don't know if there's a bigger ceiling than last year. I like Tyler Molly. And if Kenta Maeda is healthy, I like that five. I think that five is better than like what we just talked about with the White Sox. And I think this offense is more balanced mm-hmm. uh, with with what has taken place, with what they've added within it. They also added high upside guys. Uh, I am someone who is uh, a big fan of Joey Gallo. Uh, should do, uh, he should be. I saw that they've already started doing the 
two outfielder shift on him. Did you see that? The teams have already started using the – because you, you can't shift your infield, right? But you can drop – how did they do it? They dropped the left fielder into the hole between first and second, and then they just shifted center and basically played it with two outfielders. So you have to be an extreme pulpit player to even try that, and, of course, Joey Gallo is. But I do I do Here, not think every the, team is going to do that against him. Here's the uh, the perfect uh, test case for the new rules within of watching how how uh, with with Joey Gallo. So that's going to be a fun one to see. I think he's productive even if he hits two twenty. He just mm-hmm. he has to be over two hundred. Uh, he has to be over two hundred, and then you're talking about forty home run uh, possibility within it. Now, there's also a, a balance here. He can he hit two forty only playing right handed pitching, maybe. Uh, and then, then you're also getting the power within it. I that use him in the right role, and I think he can be effective. I think it's the right market for him after covering that market. It's been a while now since I since I've done that, but uh, it is a low stress, low uh, uh, minimal New York or Los Angeles. Yes, uh, <laughs> this is the perfect environment for him. That's uh, Sonny Gray helped him uh, uh, even with Tyler Molly within it, not the Cincinnati part, but just the in a better environment within it. I like what they did uh, with putting this team together. I think this is the team that could surprise the most. Doesn't mean they actually get there. I think they're going to have the biggest struggle to get to their ceiling, but this is the team that could uh, surprise the most in the American League. I want to know right now, Roster Resource has them officially listing Byron Buxton at DH. That's that's a big one, right? Because Byron Buxton, we talked about it before. If you get a full season Byron Buxton, could he hit 40 home runs and steal 15 bases? Maybe. I don't know if they'll ever let him steal that much, but he could easily hit 40 home runs. Now, he's also an all-world center fielder. That's what's hard to put. I, I get the idea. The idea of DH is keeping healthy, but you lose out a different part of, of what makes him an, an all-world player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get limiting his time, uh, give him more time off in the in the outfield and put him at DH uh, for more days within it. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, but but you definitely still have to have him um, out there. But they have it, this is a team that also has a wealth of like young players that have yet to, like to take that next level. They're all kind of circling right there, uh, and they just need one or two of I'm them. I'm a big Jose it. Miranda fan. I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm a yes. big Jose Miranda fan. I love the contact that he offers. I think he's going to be take a nice step up this year. I Alex Kirilov. If uh, he can keep his wrist right, his is yep. always the wrist. That's oh, this team has another low key like a lot of injury concerns on the team. So he keeps some of them healthy. Go from there. What, what's your what's your over under number for the Twins? See, that's right. This is a team that also is high variable, but my eighty three. I'll take the under. I, I'll take the under. I think it's. I I would love to be wrong about it. I want them to be good, but I just you, this is another team that you just start to see it after so many years of thinking that. They already have injury issues, right? Jorge Polanc was already hurt. Like, they already have an injury issue with knee inflammation. You had all offseason to get better, and you're telling me you're still injured. Like, I want to see them win 83 games. I'll take them to win more like 78, which is roughly what they did last year. Take some steps up. Maybe I'll be wrong. Well, the hard part with them is the uh, they need everything to break right health-wise because all of them have uh, injury question marks. Uh, they're big additions uh, for this year. Uh, most of them have injury question marks. Pablo Carlos Lopez. Has never been exactly super I, healthy either. Remember when he broke a rib getting a massage? Wow. Yeah, that 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 <laughs> describes, uh, describes it there. But I also believe they have enough upside where they don't need all of them to stay healthy. They just need some of them to break right. And so I like the upside there. Here's a team that does have depth. It hasn't shown it yet. They have depth potential. Maybe I guess I would say that within it. Uh, 
at some point it does need a break, right? They've had a, a few years where everything is broken the other way. Eventually, it's regressing to the mean, I'm going to give them a shot at that. It's a winning record in Minnesota this year. Does that mean much? We'll find out. Speaking of everything breaking wrong, let's talk about the Detroit Tigers, who went 66 Thanks for and Isaac 96 last year. 66 and 96. This is a team that was supposed to be on the up and up, right? Roughly not that far different from Baltimore, who we just talked about how excited we are. This team was Baltimore not that long ago. Young guys, Spencer Torkelson came up, could not hit last year, got sent down, came back up, was slightly better, but still issues. Riley Green came up, it was better than Spencer Torkelson, maybe not as great as some. You saw thought. the tools, but not the, the but not the on field result yet. Yep, Akil Badu like, a couple years ago was amazing as a rookie. Last year he gets into the minors, and then then the pitchers. Right, we can talk about all of them. Matt Manning's been injured, not good. Matt Casey Mize is currently injured. I think he's out for a substantial chunk. And You're better off counting how many days not injured in his career versus how many days injured. And Scooble's missing at least half the season. So they had all the young players. And then last year it was, okay, we're going to buy three big or acquire three big names. Javier Baez was bad. I've We've talked about him plenty on here. Austin Meadows came in, got hurt. Was it like, it was like uh, something with his head, right? Where he was like unsteady on his feet, if I remember right. And then Eduardo Rodriguez was injured and then came they back couldn't and even he had find a him personal issue I, yeah, they, they, truly the scout the uh, the, the general manager of yeah, they could not was. find him yep. that's uh, where we're at so okay young guys how are we feeling about Spencer Torkelson it can't be worse it can't be worse this is the last shot to see if you got anything with him. Is this, we're already at that level and into the Jared Kelnick level so we'll this this is now bit. this is now he's got a uh, 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 this a was shot to, to be show fire. Like Jared Kel- Spencer Torkelson was the first pick overall when we did this podcast. Was, I think it was maybe the first yep. podcast we ever did. We talked about the MLB draft. He got yep. picked one one, and it was supposed to be a surefire thing. How quick can he get there? High ceiling first baseman. Yep. And now you're talking about Kyle Manzardo. Uh, like I, we're talking, we're going to talk about Vinny Pasquantino in a second. It's not even close to me who I'm taking. Right? Like I, we'll see. I hope he's good. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you get figured out. Riley Green, I think you'll be fine. I don't think you're Joe Adele. But I'm not sure that you're unbelievably high upside. Fine. You can be a perfectly fine player. Javier Baez, you got to be better. Like, you're aging out really quick. And if you're not better, that could this be one of the be, worst contracts yeah, in a long time. And we said it when they signed it, right? We thought they had two right. good years. It was, out of it was bad to begin with. Uh, it could be record breaking uh, at this level. Like, everything that could go wrong did. Uh, and this, the, the hard part is there's no hope outside of this because their, their farm system that made it way to the, the majors. Supposed to be. Uh, there's you have maybe you have here. one guy right now that you say he maybe could be one of like a part of a core. Yeah. One, the rest of them, you're not putting it in any uh, rotation or uh, starting lineup or even just giving a roster spot to either to performance or to injuries. What's your faith in Matt Manning, Casey Mize, and Spencer? And Ter- Tariq Skubal looked good until he got hurt, so I do have faith that he will be good. But we're not going to see. But he'll be traded within a half a year's time. You have any uh, faith left in back. Matt Manning or Casey Mize? No. Yeah, I don't. I. Matt Manning is better than Mize, but I don't think... And I mean, there's nothing else in the ERA, pipeline. Like, I would be fine. They had to bring back Matthew Boyd. That's where this team was at. They brought back Matthew Boyd this offseason. They brought in Mike Lorenzen. I like those players. They're perfectly fine players. But now you're talking, telling me that that's your number two and three, and your number one is... I know Eduardo Rodriguez has had a very good spring. He, he could still end up being fine. That's the one signing that I say. I think it was more like head-off-the-field issues within it. I, yeah. He... he 
uh, uh, slightly above average uh, league average pitcher. No problem. As a lefty, no problem. I'm, I'm not. I'm not doubting that signing overall. Overpaid, but you do it in free agency all the time. So that signing still doesn't uh, doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Javier Baez is is the is the 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 unbelievable one uh, for that. Uh, then you add in none of the pitching, none of the young players coming up, and there's nothing in the pipeline coming next. Like this team is going nowhere fast, uh, and uh, worst team in in all of MLB, not just American League. I'm I'm so ready to vote that. So, sixty five. I don't even know if I would take the over. It's. I'm not taking 70. I guarantee you. I will not take 70. I think it's somewhere in that 65 to 70 range. It's really hard for me to sit here and say that this team is going to win more. At some point, you luck into sometimes you luck into into one with them. But yeah, they, they feel they feel they worse. Jimer Candelario, who was a pretty decent third baseman, they lost Andrew Chafin and Gregory Soto, who I didn't like him, but is their closer. Like it's hard for me to sit here and say this team that just won 66 games can get worse. But I think they can get worse. Like, it feels really bad. We're going to talk about – they didn't actually finish dead last in their division last year, but I think I'll take the the Royals over them. The Royals last year went 65-97, and 97, so they were actually one game worse. But the Royals, at least there's optimism. Like, they're young there's players. There's a core. There's, there's a like, core, Okay, right? I think we get, there's something to build with. Vinny Pascantino, I think, is the top 10 uh, first baseman uh, within it, uh, both from uh, maybe not quite the power ceiling, but, but still possible, uh, but uh, hit, for con- uh, hit for contact. Uh, he would be a doubles machine in Boston. Like we think, with like, that. like that's a guy that would fit uh, well in, in that ballpark, especially. But he's a a core player. They have some exciting young players here that are coming up and doing well. Yeah, Bobby Witt, one of the uh, best young uh, shortstops in the game. And MJ Melendez is one of the best young catchers who they play at outfield because they have Salvador Perez at catcher. So. And he's athletic enough to pull it off. And they, like, this is not an Andrew Vaughn left fielder. No. And not even close, nor even Eloy Jimenez. Like, he can play out there. That's kind of like uh, the Cubs used to play Wilson Contreras out there. Remember that? Yep. And this is kind of like that, where he can do it. I, it's an actually a enjoyable team to watch, which I'm not sure the Tigers really are. They, did, they also have Zach Greinke at pitching, which is always enjoyable. Did you see his just new fun thing? To where watch. He, just you see where he's he just like does working what he wants. On, he, was, he didn't say that he purposely put players on base, but he said he wanted to work on his pickoff throws. So he pitched the other day, and he made like 15 pickoff throws in three innings. And he pretty much indicated that he was purposely putting players on base so he could work on his pickoff throws. Oh, I love it. that he's, He said he's basically he's trying to he learn the He is the rules. last true artist. Uh, when you talk about pitch, I mean, like, uh, uh, with that, that's what he does, and he does. Love, when I love the stories that would come out variably within it, that for the when you could make make the calls for that he was calling his mm-hmm. own pitches. Yep. <laughs> he loves to do it. Yeah, he'll tell he's, the people that, and he always loved that he would tell the person what's coming. He'd be like, "Here it is, hit it!" Like, and he's not throwing I, hard, right? So just just fun, to, just just fun to watch. If you just are a baseball purist, he's someone just fun to watch. I like some of their uh, signings too. They they brought in Aralis Chapman. It's not the Aroldis Chapman that it was, but another team. Like, what's your? Where do you have to lose with Aroldis Chapman? If he wanted to be signed, because usually guys that they just retire, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to be signed, it means you still want to play, which means you want to prove you got something left, right? This wasn't just a paycheck. I, he had a, he's made enough within. He didn't need like, like a a one million dollar contract or anything within. Like that's not. So if he's there, that means he's motivated. And and would I want a motivated uh, Aroldis Chapman uh, at his stage in the game within it? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure he'll be the closer, but if you told me that he pitched to, like, remember when they won the World Series, it was because of their bullpen? Now mm-hmm. I'm not saying this team's winning a World Series, but I could see him being pretty good. They signed Franmil Reyes on a minor league deal. We're two years removed from Franmil Reyes having back-to-back 30 home run seasons for the Guardians and I think maybe the Padres. But, like, low ups, 
low-risk, high-upside signings is what this team gets as opposed to a team like the Tigers, where it's nothing and you feel like you're in the middle. At least the Royals, you can say, we're on the way up again. And maybe some of the young pitchers, they've had young pitchers. I like Brady Singer. I know Daniel Lynch didn't really work out. Jackson Coar didn't really work out. But it feels like there's growth to be had here where the Tigers are going the other way. The the Tigers would have that shot if, if, if like, let's say, Spencer Torkelson did uh, emerge and Riley Green did step up. You'd be getting closer uh, to that level if you also had a minor league system that was starting to bring stuff up. The the Royals still have players that they're going to be bringing up uh, as part of this. So there's not only do they have guys that have developed and showing themselves to be legitimate uh, major league uh, starters, but they have the next wave that's going to be coming as as part of that too. That gives you hope. Uh, That's what what the difference between them and and Detroit, uh, both in current development and development on the way. 70 wins. Yeah, I, 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 I would take the over. That's about right, right? Somewhere 70 to 75, somewhere in that range. Because if you end up getting these guys, again, just to be league average pitching, uh, they have a good bullpen. Uh, and so then you put it with the, with their offensive guys within it. They could. Uh, this is one of the teams that I think you're going to be, uh, they're going to annoy you. Yeah, that's a good way to say uh, it. Annoying to play. Uh, and uh, you sleep on them, and they're going to uh, take some wins away from other teams. I think that's where, where they are now depending upon how the next wave uh, comes up and helps uh, develop this team. Let's go to the American League West, where the reigning World Series champion, Houston Astros, play. Uh, They had the best offense in baseball, and then they added a former MVP named Jose Abreu to their already amazing offense. But they did lose some players. Justin Verlander is a very big loss. Did he win the Cy Young last year? I think he won the Cy Young just last year, right? And uh, Christian Vasquez, Aledmus Diaz, Trey Mancini, Yuli Gurriel. It, it was already the best offense in baseball. It really was. We talk about Toronto being maybe right up there, but I think Houston was probably there. And then you add Jose Abreu. Jordan Alvarez is dealing with a hand injury right now. I'm sh- I think he'll be fine. They need to keep his hands healthy. Now Altuve did get hurt in the World Baseball Classic. Daniel Bard was unbelievably wild, and I think he threw two wild pitches and hit two guys, including Altuve on the thumb, which broke his thumb. He's going to be out for a couple months. But this is another team, like, Yes, if there's there's some teams if they lost to Jose Altuve, you're done, right? Like this is a team. If you lose Jose Altuve for the first two months, they you're can probably tread water. still ten games over. You might they probably are over five hundred in the first two months very easily, even without him. That's how good this team is. So I'm going to ask you a couple of fantasy baseball related questions too. That is, then we'll get into the Astros itself. But uh, Altuve becomes a, a nice buy low candidate. Uh, two two months is is a, is, a, is a lot to miss, but Jose Altuve was going. There's the big three second baseman, right? You had Jose Altuve, Marcus Simeon, and like, okay, maybe four, like Jazz Chisholm and uh, Ozzy Albies. Those guys were going. Now, I think Jose Altuve, that's probably like the third ish round, third, fourth round. Jose Altuve probably falls to like the 10th round, which is where Bryce Harper goes because he's missing a substantial part of the season. Yep. I'd take either one of them there, right? If you told me that I have to wait two months and I get Jose Altuve hitting 300 and he hits, instead of scoring 100 runs, he scores. 60 runs in the last few months, sure, I'll take it, and you just wait and hold it. It obviously depends what type of league we're talking about, right? Yeah. If you're talking about a full, like, cumulative uh, uh, league within it, that, that's harder that's to do when, when you lose yeah. that. But if it's if it's head-to-head... Head to, if it's a weekly head-to-head league, when yeah. you get Jose Altuve, take the discount. If you can get him outside the top 100 picks, uh, you jump on it. Draft well for the other part. Again, like everything else here, draft well to, to w- tread water, and then you just made a massive upgrade without having to trade a single thing when you get into the second half of the year in playoff time. So Draft the late second baseman plug it in for two months, ride the hot hand, you'll be fine. Yeah, I would do that all day, every day. 
Trey Turner, consideration for number one overall? Yep. So number one overall, you got... So if it's a daily league and you can use him as both a hitter and a pitcher, it's a no-brainer, right? You take Otani every time because you can use him as both. Now, if you have to pick to use him as just a hitter or a pitcher, then it's different. But then it's Acuna, Trey Turner, uh, forgetting somebody, Otani, Jose Ramirez, right? Those are kind of those four because they offer the power and the speed. Well, where's Juan Soto for you? I'd I'd still take him. I know you're going to completely cut him off. I'll take him in the top. 10-ish round. I'll take him in the top 10-ish. I think I'm still in. I'm just now willing to even you say take, his name. That's Juan the low Soto, I'm at right now. Would you take Juan Soto or Fernando Tatis? Tatis. Would you? Would they even take the 20 games off? Tatis. Okay. Okay. You're, you're, but of course, you could have almost said anyone there, and I probably would have <laughs> just said that name in general. I'll probably take I'll take Kyle Tucker over Juan Soto. If we're talking about the Astros, I'll take Kyle Tucker and Alvarez over Juan Soto because of that. Because of their skill set that they offer. Like I think... I do love Juan Soto. Don't get me wrong. I know you're, you're just completely out. I, I still like what Juan Soto has to offer, but... I think that I used to. Kyle Tucker can steal more bases than him, and Jordan Alvarez, as long as his hand is fine, I trust that more. But yeah, we'll talk fantasy some. We'll talk fantasy sometime soon here too. But but since we were talking, Altuve is the perfect spot to to pick that within it because I'm I'm also uh, I believe in Trey Turner at number one overall uh, from the all all tool within perfect, and perfect. that lineup. That lineup, my goodness, uh, it's a great spot for him. I I love everything about that. I'm uh, uh, definitely a fan. Uh, in, in that regard. But the, uh, no reason not to be a fan of the Astros. Again, when we go back to uh, even with the loss of, of a, a franchise icon uh, and still very much producing as one of the best second basemen in the game, best hitters in the game, uh, they can withstand that loss for the time being. And their pitching doesn't get enough credit outside. Like, everyone knew Verlander, but that pitching does not get enough credit for what it what they do. Fran Valdez is unbelievably good. And he did, like you said, Justin Verlander drew the headlines, and rightfully so, Justin Verlander's amazing. Wasn't it the most quality starts? Twenty-seven or something quality starts, and that's unbelievable. And then Mr. Consistency, Luis Garcia, Christian Javier, Jose Arquidi, Hunter Brown—like they still have a really good rotation. It's still very strong. And I know another—I hate these injured guys. Like technically, Lance McCullers is still there too. I don't know what you trust out of him, but it's another team, and they have one of the best bullpens in the game. So. If you told me once again that this is the team to beat, I would say, yeah, it's really Best hard to pick against record in the American them. League. Until they stop doing it, like, it's really hard to pick against them, and I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think they're going to be one of the best pitching teams. They're going to have an extremely deep offense. And when you get Jose Altuve, like... Houston and Toronto have the the uh, best percentage of reaching a 95-plus 95, 95 wins. Uh, and Houston's been there, done that. Uh, so what I they they should still be uh, uh, the favorites, uh, more so because of especially injuries within it uh, and, and bigger injuries without the depth. Uh, Houston is the most complete team in the American League, uh, and there's no reason why they're not the number one uh, favorite. Uh, not uh, just the sure. AL, the entire league. If you're picking one team to win 100 games, is it Houston? Yeah, I think it's, I, it's, Houston, it's no right? longer Dodgers to me. It can't. I, I like. We'll uh, talk I, about them next week, and I, the Dodgers are going to be fine. I know people are like, oh. they're They'll be fine. They're but just not. They're just not going to be like the ridiculous. We know what ceiling. they're doing. Like, everybody like, knows what they're doing. They're waiting to sign Sohei Otani, which gold go for it. Like, but they're not. They're right. They're not the Dodgers of a couple years ago, and that's fine. They're still going to be a good team. But yes, Houston is. Houston is the one team. If you told me there's a team that's I've got to take over a hundred, I would take Houston. Like that's yeah, which team, team are you has. betting getting to the, the triple digits uh, within? It's Houston. Let's go to the second team in the American League West, and that would be the Seattle Mariners. Took a step up last year. We expected that they. We did not expect that 
Julio Rodriguez would be one of the best players in baseball, but he went on to win Rookie of the Year and be, you mentioned, 30-30 earlier. I don't remember if he quite got there, but he was close if he didn't. They made some trades with my Milwaukee Brewers that added them Colton Wong. They also, we talked about Teoscar Hernandez. He is there. They added A.J. Pollock. Now, who did they lose? They lost Jesse Winker. They lost Mitch Haniger. Those are the big ones. They lost Kyle Lewis, Carlos Santana. I guess it comes down to, can this offense score enough runs? Because Houston's offense is is really deep. We just talked about this team is much more like stars and other guys. Like, Houston's offense is deeper one through nine. This team has a very top-heavy offense where you start with Colton Wong. I think that's fine. Julio Rodriguez gets to move down a spot in the lineup. He'll do just fine there. Ty France, Teoscar Hernandez, Eugenio Suarez. I like all of that. I do. And then it's Cal Raleigh. He's Mike Zanino, maybe a little better, kind of that type of player at catcher. And then you're now you're trusting Jared Kelnick, who we can talk about him, and A.J. Pollock, who's fine. Once again, fine player. I don't know if I really trust that. And J.P. Crawford, I love the pitching. I do. Luis Castillo, amazing. Logan Gilbert, great. Robbie Ray, I'm, As a three. Fine. Like, a good three. And then George Kirby is a stud. I love what George Kirby does. And Marco Gonzalez as a five is awesome. I love the pitching. Their bullpen is a great. They have a great bullpen with Paul Sewald and Andres Munoz and Diego Castillo. Like, it's a great pitching staff. Can their offense score enough runs to be better than Houston? That's the question to me. No. And that's the thing, right? It's, <laughs> it's going a, to be a good team. I think it, it is going to be a very good team for a long time, too, because there's another team. They can add – they have more talent coming, like, in the future. But – and right you now, have a superstar uh, in development right now. And right now, it's just not as good as Houston. In a few years, when Houston's guys start getting older, like Jose Altuve is up there, Alex Bregman's no spring chicken, could could I see Seattle passing him? Sure. But right now, it's they're just a step below. And this goes back to, again, when you're a, a non-small market team, you know what you're building here with, and you've made some some big investments. I don't want to disparage in any way, uh, but you did not address the offense. Uh, and uh, you made small moves around the around the margins. You should have been competing for like this. This division is. Uh, I mean, Houston's still the best team, but you can at least be locking in number two, compete with them for that, and 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 guarantee playoffs with wild card uh, within it. I, that's you should be looking at this team from a far more competitive, balanced level uh, as an ascending team to that level and augmenting within it. That's where a, a Josh Bell over here. Uh, or uh, Jose Abreu over here. We've I, heard this team say they were going to spend money before, right? We talked yep. about this team as being like a possible Carlos Correa team. And how about you just throw me, if I said that you put Dansby Swanson in this lineup at shortstop, and suddenly it's Colton Wong, Dansby Swanson, Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, Teoscar Hernandez, Eugenio Suarez. They're missing Kale one Rock. more key player to really, one more uh, at least to, to be legitimate enough. It still would be lacking a little, but at least it would be close. This isn't close, and that's the problem. I think that just perfectly identifies it. If they had one more hitter, you say they need a little bit more, but at least it's enough to contend. So where are we at with Jared Kelnick? Because he could be it, right? We all thought he was going to be it. Are we? Are we done? Like we're we're talking about Spencer Torkelson here. I don't know where we're at because he's had an amazing spring. You have to at least try, mm-hmm. and 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 this is one of the things where you're not that deep within it. Give him two months. Mm-hmm. Give him two months at least, uh, and, and roll with it. Uh, give him days off against a very tough pitching. Try to give him the best matchups. Try to get him going because because the ceiling being what it is, you do need to know because if the, you send him down again, 
how could you ever call him back up? Like to me, it's it's now or it's fully done. The other guys, you could give a little more time in Detroit and stuff. That way, uh, you have more ways of trying to. You could give him a full season and see what Torkelson does within it, and you have the the ability to do that. This guy, you need to know in the next before the All Star break. Uh, that's that's it. That's the last window, and and give him. I don't care if, if he becomes the worst batter of all the batters that are out there in the first three months. You still need to know for sure before you sign off on him and he goes somewhere else and turns out to be good somewhere else. You can't have that in a team that is lacking offense. Remember, Jared Kelnick was a better prospect than Julio Rodriguez. And I, yes. that's, not, that's not a slight on Julio Rodriguez. That's just how good Jared Kelnick was supposed to be. And spring training, we've seen him do this before. He is 16 of 39 with... Eight runs, a couple doubles, a couple triples, four home runs, nine RBIs, three steals. He's hitting 410. Like, here's my question. It took Nelson Cruz over two years of, sure. and all the quad A stuff before he finally turned it on. It's all about, we've, we've seen enough Jerry Kelnick at this point. It's all about can he hit anything other than a fastball? Because what we've seen is he can hit the fastball, and anything that's breaking pitches of any major league quality, he can't hit it. So I don't know what he's getting in spring training. Maybe they're throwing him off-speed pitches. Maybe they're just grooving him fastballs to get his confidence up there, and then he comes around, they're going to throw him off-speed pitches. But he's the one. He, he, needs he to, could hit 80% of what we thought he was. Then the offense becomes pretty much what we're saying it needs to be. Yep, it could all be handled in-house. Someone go get him a Joe Boo and put it in, in his locker because uh, he's pretty much Pedro Serrano uh, at this point within it. So someone go get him a Joe Boo. You got a Mariner's number? I'm not as sold on them. Uh, okay. Within it, 85. That was my number, so that was what I was going to say, 85. I, I will take the over, but that's, that's a really good number. That's, that's what I was thinking, too. I'll take the over, but it's, it's right in that area. I don't think this is, this is not going to be a team that wins 90 games. Not unless they get aggressive in trades midseason to improve that offense, and, and it would be a travesty to waste that pitching. So I hope that they do – and. It's a team that likes to trade, so hopefully they can get something going. Speaking of travesties, travesties and oh, waste, boy. let's go to the Los Angeles Angels, which, as you mentioned earlier, currently roster uh, Mike Trout, best player of the last decade, and Shoy Otani, best player of, I don't know, the last century, maybe? Like, at least the most unique player of the last century. And last year, that led them to a combined record of, oh, uh, 73 and 89, 16 games below 500. With those two do on you, the roster. Do you realize that's only what? Five wins away from like Detroit last year with like uh, talk about you have two of the best players of all time, and you were only five wins better than Detroit, who had the most colossal of disaster dumpster fire off seasons and years that someone could have, and you have two of the best players of all time, and you're five wins better. Yep, which is more frustrating. (laughs) I couldn't imagine being an Angels fan, dude. I could not imagine it. I, once again, I like their offseason. We said this before. I like their offseason. I like Brandon Drury. I like Gio Urshela. I like Tyler Anderson. That was one of the best deals of the free agency. I like the trade for Hunter Enfro. And that's as a Brewers fan. I like that they got Hunter Enfro. I think those are all very good players. But, I mean, at this point, the question is just, how do they find a way to disappoint this year? Because guess what? All year, if this team gets off to the start like that, the questions are going to happen because they've been happening for already for a year. Is when is Shohei Otani getting traded? How long do they keep Shohei Otani? Well, guess what? Now you've pushed it to this point. You're, you're I, after this year, he's gone, unless you can actually win something here and convince him to stay. So, what do you got to do? So the question becomes: they they don't want it. This doesn't want to be the ownership that says we uh, traded away uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, 
But if you have a frank conversation with him by the trade deadline and you're scuttling around the 500 marker within it, uh, and you're already like 10 games back uh, in the division, and he and you go and talk to him about contract, and he says flat out, I will be going into a different uniform next year. I will not resign here. Zero percent chance. Do you finally trade him at the deadline? I think you almost, I know you don't want to be, like you said, you don't want to be the guy who's traded him, but what do you, uh, what else do you have to show for it? Like, you have no playoff games with him to show for it. You, you let him walk. He takes a $500 million contract to go play for the Dodgers. You, you're stuck. You're going to have to deal with him in the same market. Uh, And so you're going to deal with that constantly of in your face. And there's nothing you can do about it. Because we, I mean, you Uh, talked about the Dodgers and that's where we all think he's going to sign. And maybe, uh, you know, he could completely change it. I don't know what Joey Otani's like, but. If he leaves this team, and this team has never made the playoffs with a combination of Mike Trout, Shohei Otani on it, it is the biggest fail. It is already the biggest failure of all of baseball. We talk about the Tigers. It's the biggest failure in baseball. This team should be way better than it is, and it's not. I think you would have to trade him to get something, because you will get. Would you get the one soda return? For even though it's only a half a year rental as opposed to a year and a half rental? Yes. Because you get uh, two players. Because you you have you have that and there's there's no one like him. He's a clear cut in that regard, uh, perennial MVP candidate within, and he impacts in so many different ways. Even if, even if the the bat slumps for the last like thirty games of the season, you can have He's dominant pitching within. Like you're, you're still like you will get a Roldis Chapman uh, when he was still the do- most dominant closer in the game within it. Got a top five overall prospect, right? So uh, and that that's the best example. And that was as a relief pitcher. Uh, so a true difference maker uh, within it, but still only doing that. There's been nothing like this. You can still get an amazing value for him to put together because if you don't have something to show for it, what my concern is not Otani leaving. It's Mike Trout demanding a trade in the offseason. If, if Otani leaves, they do the same thing with Now, this guy seems to be very comfortable where he is uh, within it, but if that mindset ever changes, you lose Otani within it. It's not the one superstar, it's the other superstar uh, saying that he won't play for you ever again. Like That's that's the concern uh, with the Angels right now, and I know we're supposed to be talking more like what's the optimism for this season, not what comes next, but that's the concern that's there in just a few short months. Can they do enough to at least say we did everything we could? I like some of the stuff they did. I, I like the lineup. I do. Like Taylor Ward was amazing at times last year. I, he's batting leadoff. I like that. Now, Anthony Rendon, can you get him healthy? I don't know if he can stay healthy or not anymore. He's another one, right? If he's healthy... He's Chris Sale to me at this point. Exactly. It's been he's that Chris long Sale. since he's been... But I been like good. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is as, is as locked in as anybody in baseball to be a 30-home run opportunity. Like, he can easily... Especially with that lineup protection. Yeah. And then Brandon Drury, he was great last year. Sure. So take chances that. I like that lineup. The pitching, Otani's an ace, right? You got an ace. We've said for years this team has pitching issues. I, I actually kind of like some of this now. Like, I like Reed Detmers. I like Reed Detmers. I like Patrick Sandoval. I like Patrick yep. Sandoval. And then Tyler Anderson. I mean, maybe he's not as good as he was last year, but he's better than what they That's put out there. That's at least four legitimate starters. Yeah, that, and which for years, this team struggled to put out one. Correct. Like, remember, other than that stretch in Correct. 2020 when Dylan Bundy was actually good? Ooh. Other than that, like, this team really has struggled. So... I like what Yeah, they had to is. resurrect Dylan Bundy from the dead to even have something decent for that uh, uh, staff at that point. Yeah. Now you're at four. Uh, and it's good. Like, Jose Suarez, whatever, however you piecemeal the fifth starter, no, not a lot a of lot teams, of teams do that. Starters, yeah, right? like, like, that's, I'm not going to hold you to that. It's good enough that 
I think there is a chance that this team contends. I I will not. I've been burned too many times for me to say that I. They should them to at, win it. at least be able to be in wild card contention, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, that should at least be there. Uh, we've said it before, though, uh, and so we'll see how this goes. Health is going to be the key. And again, if they lose, and they already have this and part of the problem, Mike Trout has not been able to stay healthy. Uh, and these guys are, are world-class when they're there. Uh, but if they would lose Otani or Trout, and as either one of those guys for like uh, for as long as Trout has been out before, if that would happen to him again or to Otani, this team tanks. It's, it is fully reliant on those two to even do that. But we've seen it only got him to 60-some wins uh, or 70-some wins. Like, yeah. What's yeah. your number? What's you got a number? Eighty. I'll take the over. I will. I think it's I think it's team can I, I know that I think I picked them to make the playoffs last year when we did this. I think that they can compete with Seattle for second. I don't think they're as good as Houston, but this is another team. A lot has to go right. It's not a team where, oh, if somebody gets a cold streak, this team can just rely on someone else. It's a very, another team. Very, very thin team as far as depth is concerned. I do think they can win. I would take the over on 80. I think they're pushing more like 85. That's the hope. The hope is if they get to 85 wins, uh, that means they are in uh, wild card contention. Well, let's talk about the team now. The one that finished fourth last year, but this team is substantially better. Maybe the team that made the most improvements in the offseason because they spent a lot of money, and they've done it two years in a row, the Texas Rangers. Last year it was Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, both of those play, and John Gray, actually. Both of those worked out. This year they said, well, let's just throw money at every injured. Quality pitcher when they pitch, but injury-concerned pitchers. So they went and they signed out Jacob DeGrom, who is the best pitcher on planet Earth when he pitches. And then Andrew Heaney, who I like everything he does when he's healthy, Nate Evaldi, and actually Jake Odorizzi too, but it's a matter of health, right? Because now you're starting rotation. If if you could, once again, another team, if you could guarantee me all these guys hit 130 innings, uh, the sky's the limit. Like, these guys are really good. Jacob DeGrom, best pitcher on planet Earth, where are you at for the innings pitch? Do we think he hits to 130? <laughs> that's the question. Uh, if I would, I just would have given you a silence. I think that would have been my answer to that. That's that's the question. Who knows? Uh, Martin Perez, great last year. Good for him. Awesome. Took advantage. Got a big contract. John Gray, 130 innings. Mm, that's another one. It's a question mark, right? Nate Evaldi, uh, never a beacon of health. 130 innings, you're hoping. And- I'm far more confident in Gray and in Evaldi getting there than DeGrom. And Andrew Heaney, who, when he was healthy last Same year, thing. awesome, right? Incredible pitchers. Like, those guys are great, but they all but have health concerns. As long as they are small health concerns, you can always live with one of them being on the IL at any mm-hmm. given time. Sure. Right, and, that's, and then you just work, because that's five guys. You got Jake Order, So you have things that you can do with them and figure out the, the five spot. Uh, uh, remind me, did they add any other offense to anything this year? They have Robbie Grossman projected to be their new left fielder, but that is it. Otherwise, they are rolling with Marcus Simeon. I mean, once again, they have another really top four, right? Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, you mentioned Nate Lowe earlier, and Adolis Garcia. Th- that's that's your top four. I mean, they. but beyond that, Josh Jung, he was supposed to be a big prospect last year, hurt his shoulder. Jonah Heim, Robbie Grossman, Brad Miller, Bubba Thompson. It, it, it falls off in a hurry. So th- if we were talking about another team to contend with the White Sox for high volatility, yes, this yes. is where we are. This team could be in the wins in the 70s uh, uh, and low 70s. Or this team could be a uh, surprise for 90. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, that's, that's where if we got 
if everyone played 140 games, you got 130 innings out of all these people within it. Uh, you can see everything breaking right. This team could uh, could surprise with 90 wins. Uh, but. <laughs> Big but. It, it is, uh, and I cannot lie. Uh, so the uh, opinion for that one is I, I see him at 80. You'll find a way to get right at about that, uh, uh, right at that, like, 500 level, some things will break right, some things won't. There's just too much volatility for me to be comfortable with this team. Because yeah. I'm also not counting on – I need to see Nate uh, uh, Lau. Low. Yeah, Lowe. Nate Lowe. Uh, I need to see him do it a second year to actually say that that, I think that he stays. Hit, I think he's a – I think he hit like 300 last year. I don't think he's hitting 200. I think he's hitting – I think he's 270, 25 home runs, which is a very I'd, good player. I take that. That's that's fine. If that, if that was that. the numbers, yep, and you have a – that's a full-time legitimate starter. I, I – your call of the volatility is dead on, dude. Like, it's another team. If you told me they won 90 games, I'd say, okay, they kept all those guys stayed healthy or at least stayed healthy enough. But if you told me they won 70 games, I'd say, yeah, it could happen too. So, you know, if you split the middle and you say 80 wins, that's what you went with. Um, I mean, this I could look like a fool one way or the other. I'll say under just because Jacob DeGrom's already, they're already babying him, which baby him all you want in spring training. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking the 130 innings is my goal, but I'm thinking more like 110. Andrew Heaney, give me 110. Like, And if you told me that one of them missed a substantial amount of time, yeah, I've seen it happen too much. So I like what Texas is doing. I Go go for it. I love what they're doing. If you're a Rangers fan, you have to love it. But it's a very, very hard to see that this team is going to win a what, lot of games. What's crazy to me is that I, I'm actually feeling better about the pitching than I am the hitting. Uh, because there's five, like I expect someone yeah. to be there, but they can they can rally with even three of five. If two are down with a three, you mix match the other stuff. You can make that work enough. I don't like an offense that is top heavy with only four yeah. uh, of nine spots. That's the concern to me. Where if one of those guys goes down, the offense uh, tanks in a hurry, and only two of them are like legit. Like if I'm a pitcher, I'm worried about facing. How about a team to finish out the American League West, where maybe you're. Base fearing one? I don't know. On offense? Let's talk about the Oakland Athletics. Oakland last year went, uh, excuse me, 60 and 102. That is that is not good. And then in this offseason, they continued their rebuild by, well, they traded away Sean Murphy, which we all expected to happen. He ended up in Atlanta. We'll cover them next week. Cole Irvin, we mentioned already, he's out. A.J. Puck is out. Well, I did make some ads. We always say they, they do their one-year contract things, so I like Chase Peterson was great for the Brewers at times. I like Aledmus Diaz. Uh, Asus Aguilar is fine. And then they did their trades where they brought in a bunch of prospects, which is what you have to do in the rebuild. So I like Asturio Ruiz. The Brewers had him for a while. I like that. We saw Shane Langoliers at times last year. I think their best bat is probably Seth Brown. Now he hits 210, but he can hit 25 home runs and steal bases doing it. Let me currently read you their rotation. Ready? Here we go. Shintaro Fujinami, who's a Japanese player. James Caprillion, we've seen him before. Uh, J.P. Sears, that was, uh, I believe that's part of the return for Frankie Montas. Drew Yosinski and Ken Waldachuk. So some of those are prospects. They got a lot of those guys back from the Yankees. They got Kyle Muller. Does that team, compare that team to those four teams we just talked about. And we just, how does that team not lose 100 games? That's a 100 loss team. Uh, and we know, look, they and, were going to do this. They've been tearing it down for two years. And I'm fine with the teardown if I actually believe in who they got and return it. And most, uh, they are defiant in saying we know better than everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, because most people have, uh, 
uh, uh, have a, uh, uh, you have, they have I don't, a system to their, they have a right. system that they want to Most fill. people don't like them. Most people don't like what, what they did within it. Uh, but you know, it, We'll see. Uh, they they need this year, like for this off season and and tear down to be positive. Uh, we're looking at uh, at that uh, uh, of the were they right, and we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. I want to actually save our predictions till the end. I want to do a prediction show, uh, so we'll hold off on that one. Uh, within it, we'll do the National League uh, preview next week, and then as we get into that first week of the season, we'll make our our predictions and uh, uh, our 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 season hot takes. That's always an enjoyable That's one right. to do. So take care. We will see you next week. Thank you.